Collective Voices in My Head, the official podcast of me, Rick Lee James. I'm a recording artist, a singer, songwriter, author, worship leader, an ordained minister in the Church of the Nazarene, and most recently, a hospital chaplain. The Voices in My Head podcast is where I discuss things that are on my mind, the voices in my head. Music, movies, books, pop culture, theology, and more are all on the table as I discuss them here with friends and colleagues and sometimes just by myself, processing what I'm learning in the moment. Make sure to let me know what you think of today's episode by leaving me a review on iTunes, tweeting to me at Rick Lee James on Twitter, and by joining my mailing list at rickleejames.com, where you can receive an email every time a new episode is released. By the way, in case you are interested in a daily dose of kindness and encouragement beyond this podcast, I also run the Twitter account, at Mr. Rogers Save, where I post daily quotes from Fred Rogers, one of the loudest voices in my head, which is ironic because he was such a quiet person. Also, if you do want to be notified about all of my latest releases, not just this podcast, sign up for email notifications on my Substack page found at rickleejames.substack.com. Well, I guess that's it for the intro, so let's get to the latest episode of Voices in My Head, the Rick Lee James Podcast. Welcome back to Voices in My Head. As always, I'm your host, Rick Lee James, and I am so glad that you are all listening today to our 500th episode. Uh, I didn't know if we were going to make it this far, especially over this last year as I have been working as a chaplain, working on my master's, as I've been doing every other thing that I do normally. I wondered if we would even be able to keep releasing podcasts, but the Lord has helped and the Lord has helped me today to be able to bring uh, a wonderful guest on today. Back to the show again, uh, a friend, a mentor, just somebody who has meant so much to me over the years, and I know to so many of us in the church. Um, he served as a worship pastor at Community Christian Fellowship in Lindell, Texas, for more than 25 years, which is an amazing track record. Uh, he's an ordained minister with an MDiv from the Methodist Episcopal Church. Uh, in addition to writing, recording, and touring, he founded LeadWorship.com to serve, equip, and train local church worship teams across the globe. He teaches modern worship master classes nationally and has created a variety of online instructional videos and free resources designed specifically to help worship leaders and musicians. He's a contributing writer for both Worship Leader and Worship Musician magazines. I could go on and on. He's authored books, one of my very favorite books of all time on songwriting called God Songs, which he co-wrote. And uh, his wife, Rita, is also just an absolutely amazing songwriter in her own right. So I'm I'm glad to welcome back to the podcast, Paul Belash. Paul, welcome. Wow. Thank you, Rick. <laughs> Man. Um, yeah, that, that makes me tired just hearing all that. <laughs> all, the, all those years just tried to uh, chip away one day at a time. And then, you know, you turn around and go, huh, glad we, glad we got some things done. Glad yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's really it's really amazing when I when I look back at just um what you have contributed 
you know, just to the church, to the life of the church. I was thinking today as I was just preparing for this podcast, I thought I can't think of too many people that I would say I use their songs at Christmas time. I use their songs at uh, Thanksgiving. I use songs during the season of Lent, uh, during, during really every season of the church. And I think out of your heart, as a servant for the church. And I mean, you've kind of been there through every season. Uh, I'm going on, let's see, I'm starting 22 years at my church. So I haven't quite made it 25 like you have, um, but it's been a long haul. So, so many accomplishments. So I'm grateful for you. And I'm, I'm grateful just to have a chance to visit today. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I was mentioning before we started here that um, just the fact that this is the 500th episode (laughs) <laughs> it's just a reminder to me. I remember you were one of the few people in Christian music that kind of started this thing called a podcast. Now it's so <laughs> ubiquitous. Yeah. Almost everyone has a podcast, but you and I've mentioned Wisdom Moon, mm-hmm. uh, were one of the few like, uh, sure, I'll, I guess so. Whatever this thing is, sure. <laughs> I remember doing some of those early ones with you or Wisdom. Yeah. And, um, but it's been, you know, from afar, seeing you, with your family, and again, being um, faithful in your local church, and then pursuing your masters, chipping away at that, and then your run, sometimes you'll post something that says, well, just finished a seven mile run at 4am. <laughs> I'm like, who the heck is doing that? Good for you. I mean, uh... wow, that's I don't know how you fit those runs in so early. And then here you are now working as a chaplain. And uh, yeah. that recent song of yours was a, a powerful song, which I thought was a refreshing, uh, just a refreshing song outside of the usual. Mm. The fact that it was uh, connected to your work, yeah. and to a, a very specific work that thousands do every day. And mm. I, we need more songs like that, more unique. Whenever I've had a chance to write with Graham Kendrick, he was very Graham Kendrick of you in that <laughs> he, he's always mindful of let's write a song about baptism. Hey, why mm-hmm. don't we, why don't we think about writing a song about um, a song from Monday through Friday, like people who put their hands to the plow and people who go to work and how can we incorporate that in worship? And uh, uh, so anyway, I thought you did a, that was a great job on your most recent. Thank you. My, my goodness, what a compliment. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And uh, actually, with this new episode, I'm actually using the uh, the music from that song as I walk these halls as the new intro and outro music to, to the show. So with 500 episodes, trying something new this week, for All right. sure. All right. Well, I know that you're busy, and I know that in a few days you'll be heading out again to do the work that you do. And so I'm grateful that you had just a few minutes to stop by today. And I thought, you know, since we're celebrating 500 and since you probably get similar questions every time you're interviewed that are, you know, about worship leading in the church and why not, because you have a ton of wisdom to share. But I wanted to try to think of of maybe just some different kind of little bit offbeat questions that might be like, hey, let's let's just go a little deeper with Paul today. So just just to have some fun. All right. So I have I have 10 questions. And if we have time, I have a bonus question. Um, But but we'll see until Zoom tells me we're done, uh, because I actually have to pick up my son from school today. too. (laughs) So we'll see what we can do here. But here's your first question. All right. Mm -hmm. And and you can answer one of two ways. The first question is, what is the first song that made you cry? Or 
Is there a song that makes you cry every time you hear it? Just makes you tear up. Can you think of one? Oh, wow. Interesting. Uh, this is like a Rorschach test. Yeah. <laughs> the first, the very first thing that came to mind is uh, the long and winding road. Oh, uh, the Beatles. It's, yeah. Uh, I, I just remember being a kid. I was so into the Beatles and had all mm-hmm. their albums. I had, I was the youngest of four kids. So they were much older. They had all the albums, classic rock, all the Beatles. So I just had the luxury of this massive album library, but it's, the Beatles especially were yeah. an influence in in our house and in my heart. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, the long and winding road. Wow. If no one's yeah. ever heard that. Go listen to it now. Just the melody and the longing. There's such a longing in that. And uh, so that would be, uh, yeah, that's my yeah. answer. Excellent. Excellent answer. I, not that it matters too much, but I, one that just gets me every time is After the Last Tear Falls by Andrew Peterson, mm. uh, co-written with Andrew Osinga, actually. I think mm. I think Osinga wrote the, the verses and Andrew Peterson wrote the chorus, but man, just a beautiful song about mm. um, what will be. In the end is ocean of oceans of love and love again, and we'll see how the tears that have fallen are caught in the palms of the giver of love and the lover wow. of all. And we'll look back at these tears as old tales. I just love that. You know, wow. it's just, just beautiful stuff. It's brilliant. All right. Well, let's get into the second question. That was an excellent first one. Okay. And this one may be a thinker and it might be both and, but I was wondering what energizes you more personally, songwriting or worship leading? Do you find that one energizes you more than another? Hmm. What an interesting question. Um you know, I would say it has probably flip-flopped over mm-hmm. the years, over the last 30-some years. There there may have been seasons where I think in the early days I was so energized to write with Ed Carr. He was a keyboard player, pianist at our church, mm-hmm. and I got a took out a loan, went to a bank. We were both living in little mobile homes in Texas, and uh, we got a $4,000 loan and bought a 16-track Fostex reel-to-reel recorder. Wow. And we just determined, hey, let's meet at the church as often as we can during the week. And uh, and let's, you know, if you have an idea or I have an idea, we'll take one of something from pastor's sermon. And we were just writing songs for our church. Hmm. There was This was before CCLI or anything like that. It was just, it was, there was such an innocence about just uh, trying to write songs for our church based on what was happening. So, yeah. you know, those that was a season where I was definitely animated. Um, and excited by that challenge and that task, but of course they're 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 really uh, hand in a glove, you know. Mm-hmm. They really function, you know. Then I would say now and more recently, man, leading worship just keeps mm-hmm. my heart moving toward the Lord, keeps my heart fresh toward Him, um, and then oftentimes a song idea will arise out of leading worship. Mm. So, um, so they're very much hand in hand, almost like a seesaw, like you can't really have one without the other. Yeah. For me, really, they just kind of, they work so well. I was going to say yin yang, but that's a different. (laughs) Makes perfect sense. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Like a Laurel and Hardy, Mutton Jeff, (laughs) uh, Heckle and Jekyll. (laughs) They're just uh, the duo of worship leading and songwriting. You know, they just like a seesaw. I just kind of see that picture back and forth i'm sort of doing that right now yeah (laughs) (laughs) perfect 
All right. Well, we're, that's an excellent answer, too. We're going to move into to number three. And you've probably had some time to think about this one and all the workshops that you've delivered. But I wonder if you have one common trap that aspiring songwriters often fall into that you would say, avoid this if you can. As hmm. It's it's kind of a kind of a trap for new songwriters and, and, and maybe seasoned ones as well. But uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um well, one in particular, don't try to write songs for your music buddies. Because ah. um, oftentimes in, in, in the attempt to try to be cool or throw in a cool chord or like to impress somebody, you sort of get outside the vibe and the spirit of the song. Like, don't get too, uh, don't think about that too much. Don't. Mm-hmm. I've made that mistake back in the day a few times where, oh, we'll just go here. And then when I listen to that song now, it's like, ah, oh, that, that really probably was became a distraction. Yeah. Um, for the listener or the worshiper. But um, I would say the tr- another trap would be, um, um, uh, let's say, oftentimes I'll say, you know, don't don't try to write some big international global anthem that everyone's going to sing. Like, don't put that kind of pressure on yourself. <laughs> That's it, I always say it poisons the well and it steals yeah. joy. If you if you're trying so hard to just uh, think about the outcome of a song of like, oh, this maybe oh this, you know, maybe this. Oh, yeah, this uh, this could be. So as soon as you start going there, that's you have no control over that whatsoever. Yeah. All you have control over is trying to write the most sincere, honest and then well-crafted. Hopefully you kind of blend those two together where it's it's born from pure inspiration, maybe out of a worshipful moment, an inspired moment, and then it's crafted prayerfully over time so that others can sing this prayer with you. Yeah. And I've always, still to this day, I try to just bring it back to that Mm. and not be distracted by, oh, what if, oh, well, maybe this, oh, well, you you start like over-promoting it and you haven't even finished the song yet, you know, like, just stay, try to keep your heart in an innocent place where you just want to write a song that is authentic and sincere yeah. to the Lord. And and maybe, just maybe, others could sing this along with you. Um, and it's a way to serve churches or others with a song that they could sing as their prayer. If I stay in that mindset, that, that has been a helpful thing for me. Yeah, good advice. Thank you so much for that. That's a good one. Good. All right, so we are, I don't know what my camera's doing, but listeners can't uh, see it anyway. We're It's flipping back and forth. Um, anyway, th- this is just kind of a fun one to consider. You may not have even thought of this before, but we're in an age where artists tend to release albums under a pseudonym or a band name, even if they're like a solo artist. I think of like Feist or Five for Fighting or, you know, it's really just one person but they've got, yeah. you know, it sounds like they're a band or something. Or, or to some extent, even the Ben Folds Five, even though there was three in the group, you know, <laughs> something like that. Uh, so here's the question. Have you ever considered, uh, just for fun even, releasing a song or an album under a pseudonym? I have not. Okay. I, right. I have not. Um, I have enjoyed this past year working with, um, a group called Anchor Hymns. Mm. Oh, yeah. Anchor Hymns. Um, and you mentioned Andrew earlier. Mm-hmm. Andrew is kind of like the, the leader of that. He's an yeah. A&R guy at Integrity Music. And um, 
the heart behind that is just to kind of write uh, kind of more modern sounding, but hymns, modern yeah. hymns, will um, hymn like qualities about them, but somewhat more modern in their approach. But uh, I've enjoyed just working in collaboration and in community with mm-hmm. other writers and and worship leaders and nobody's featured. There's no like yeah. nobody's name is it's more of a collective. And I, I really yeah. enjoy the spirit of that. And I'm enjoying that. Yeah. So that's the closest. Right. Thing. I've never thought of it. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Well, you know, I was thinking too, I, 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 I'm trying to remember the story now. I think it was, um, I think it was Donny Osmond back, you know, several years ago and he'd kind of his shelf life, you know, I think he had been like a huge artist and then all of a sudden radio stations weren't playing him. So he released a song as a mystery artist and nobody knew who he was and it became a huge hit. And then all of a sudden he revealed his name and it was Donny Osmond. And you're like, whoa, I can't believe it. You know, so it's kind of a funny, funny. I wonder if that's the roots of like artists releasing as under an idea. It's kind of, kind of interesting though. Good for him. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. All right. So here's another question for you. Okay. This, this hopefully I want you to, if you can pick somebody you've not written with before. Okay. And in your mind, if you had a dream songwriting session, somebody that you've always wished you could write with, it can be any genre, um, just somebody that comes to mind, but like, you know what, like I, I could just, you know, I have, I have arrived at the top of this. This would be for right, me. Right. Yeah. Think of someone wow. that you go, yeah, this would be it. I mean, I would be so intimidated, but you know, and this shows my age, but <laughs> Paul McCartney, of course, oh. <laughs> the very first person. I mean, the the songwriter of songwriters. Yeah. I just, we just, my wife and I saw him in concert back in June, and that week he turned eighty. Wow! And here we watched him for three and a half hours. Wow! Um, no opening act, you know, playing guitar, playing bass, then playing acoustic, then walking over to the piano, singing all the songs in the original keys. Wow. And, you know, just um, so inspired by him. Yeah. Inspired by his, uh, and he just, there's a decency about him. Um, I even met him. Actually, I'm looking across the room here and there was a photo that with my family. It was a long story short is my, it was a crazy once in a lifetime. A friend of mine said, Hey, I'm doing something at Abbey road. It was while I was there with my family just for two days in London. It was, I thought, well, we may never come to London again. It was our spring mm-hmm. break. Yeah. It, you know, it was like uh, our Europe. We did Dublin, London, and Paris, two days in each. So anyway, I said, hey, what a great opportunity. So we went and he gave us a tour of Abbey Road. And, mm-hmm. you know, McCartney was there and wow. kind of ran into him in the hallway. And he was gracious to stop. And I hmm. asked for a picture and he handed the camera when they handed the camera back mccartney said to me did it come out all right (laughs) and i was so moved by that Mm -hmm. like when i recall that like here's a busy guy like the Mm -hmm. musician of musicians and yet the decency to even ask like did it come out right like are you happy with it like almost if i had said uh do you mind if we do another one I was just pleased that we got one photo. Yeah. It's fine. And uh, anyhow, yeah. So to write with him, of course, would be amazing to write yeah. with. Maybe, uh, you know, a few more would be a James Taylor, maybe mm. a Mark. Yeah, James Taylor for sure. Big influence. And maybe a guy named Mark Cohn. Oh, yeah. 
Walking in Memphis guy. Yeah. Was, um, so good. Yeah. Maybe Jacob Dylan. Jacob Dylan was a back in the day Wallflowers big oh, fan. Oh yeah. Yeah. Great choices. No, thank you for sharing that. I love it. And and you know what? It's interesting because last year for our our I think it was last year, our four hundredth episode, Phil Keggy was our featured guest. Oh, and wow. so uh he actually got to give uh Paul a guitar and Paul sometimes you'll see pictures of him playing that so that was kind of a fun story so I guess every hundredth episode Paul McCartney is going to be a topic of conversation and 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 the name Paul with you you have to have Paul so I I can see I can see the duet album Paul and Paul you know together so (laughs) all right so here's just for fun okay? okay Yep. You, you have to be economical. For some reason, all your guitars are gone. You don't have any, which is a tragedy. All right. We, everyone, uh-huh. everyone bows in silence right now for the moment. But uh-huh. for some reason and some strange parallel universe, you only have $500 to use to mm. buy a new guitar. Uh-huh. Which guitar do you think you would buy for that amount of money to get the most and best use out of? Okay. Um, I have found, um, I have found, and I've given this advice to others who are looking for an inexpensive guitar. Is I would go to a lot of pawn shops with my $500 and I would look for a used Yamaha guitar. Ah. Now you may be like, what? Yeah. I, I would, if I had more than a thousand dollars, I wouldn't even think of a Yamaha guitar, but yeah. for some reason I have seen many guitars you know, in a three, $400 range, they were like an old Yamaha acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, yeah. So that's, that would be my instinct. Yeah. No, I have given that same advice. Actually, when I was learning guitar, my guitar teacher uh, used a, a, a great kind of, you know, nothing great, but really pretty good, you know, uh, Yamaha guitar. And I've always thought, man, they really do. Like, if you don't have a lot of money and, and you can go for it. So excellent advice today. So remember right. those Yamaha. Cool. All right. This may be pretty broad and it doesn't have to be related to any particular topic. I mean, it, it sounded can... like I wanted to do a Groucho Marx when you just said that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you just say I'm pretty broad? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm doing the Groucho Marx cigar uh, mustache. I know. You can't <laughs> oh, see. That reminds me of my favorite Mar- uh, Groucho Marx Groucho quote, whereas, uh, you know, outside, outside of a book, a dog is man's best friend. Inside a book, it's too dark, or inside a dog, it's too dark to read, is what it is. So. <laughs> Very good. Okay, so a pretty broad question. Here we go. <laughs> All right, so this is best advice you've ever received. Wow, like that's yeah. a broad. Yeah, I mean, it, it could it could be it could be wash your face in the morning. I don't know. It could be. Wow, <laughs> the best advice. Mm. Wow, wow, that that almost kind of stumps me. I'm kind of overwhelmed uh-huh. with the possibilities of. I'm I'm going through the rolodex of my mind. <laughs> if anybody knows what a rolodex is. Uh, <laughs> It can be just pretty good advice. I mean, if you know, who knows? It's all subjective. Yeah. Wow. The best advice. Well, you know, you have to sort of quickly like. There's a bunch of obvious ones, you know, like <laughs> make Jesus your personal yeah. Lord Savior. There yes. you go. <laughs> that was great advice, and I I said yes, Lord, and I I took up that advice. Um, 
you know, what is good advice? Uh, well, here's one that I'm I'm learning in the last five years is when you are on an airplane and before you take off, the flight attendant will go through this uh, these directions and she'll take he or she will take out this sort of oxygen mask and say, if in the event the oxygen mask falls down, please place it on your Please, please apply it to yourself first before trying to help others. Mm -hmm. And um, I've had to learn that, man. I've had Mm -hmm. to learn a lot of, uh, I have kind of come close to burnout many times in the last uh, 30 some years, you know? Um, And I've had to learn not in a selfish way, but in a, uh, you know, love others as you love yourself, you know, like taking care of, taking care of how is my heart doing? How are things going? So, you know, before we can truly help others, we do have to kind of take care of some of our, our soul needs, our, our, our body, body, soul, mind, spirit. Mm. Uh, we, we really need to make sure we're taking care of this vessel um, so that yeah. we then indeed can turn and help others. So I would say that's yeah. one of the best advice I ever got was, you know, please take care of, yeah. Take care of yourselves first so that you can serve others. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's interesting that you would say that because just last week I released an episode that was all about a ministry of presence. And that week, I, it was a kind of a workshop I did at Cedarville University uh, last weekend. And mm-hmm. we talked about that very thing, being present to self, present mm-hmm. to the presence so that you can be present to others and help yeah. others be present to the presence, you know, and right. uh, it's, it's good good sound advice so i appreciate that very much okay this one is again just a kind of for fun one okay Okay. sports teams do this a lot high schools do this a lot they have mascots okay things they put on their bus on their jacket everything like that so if you paul belage had a mascot what would you like your mascot to be wow <laughs> Never been asked that. <laughs> mascot. Wow. Oh man. I mean, an eagle's a good one, you know. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm a Philadelphia guy. The Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. It's, <laughs> it's an American symbol. It's you know, there's a there's a lot of beautiful things about an eagle. That would that's kind of low hanging fruit, even in the mm. Old Testament. You know, you will yeah. rise up on wings of it like eagles. You know, I mean, it's very biblical as well. So. Um, you know, that's, again, we're playing a game here. That's the first thing that comes to my mind is, uh, I know that's already been used a lot. Yeah. Try to be more, uh, if I was trying to be more original, maybe a, <laughs> a, a West Highland white terrier. Oh, wow. <laughs> our, favorite, our favorite dog was a Westie. We had a couple of them. So. Awesome. Yeah. I think mine would be a beagle. I have this beagle named Fred. And, uh, yeah, Fred he's, yeah. He's Fred the he's beagle. Yeah, he's got Fred. his own Instagram. Yep, he's terrific. We have our daily Fred every day on there. So it's uh he's give us his day, our daily our daily Fred. He's he's the best. I love that dog. So <laughs> that's terrific. Amazing. Okay. Okay, so here is one for all of us who make and listen to podcasts. And I, I find that oftentimes people who are guests on podcasts don't listen to very many podcasts, and that's okay. But I'm just wondering. Do you have a favorite podcast that you like to listen to just when you have a chance to enjoy something? Um, it's a good question. I'm quickly looking at some here. Uh, I like Michael Hyatt. 
Hmm. Um, I uh, I like one called Honestly with Barry Weiss. It's oh. like a little bit of a independent news. Yeah, that is a good one. So hard to find. Yeah. So news is either kind of way left or way right. Mm-hmm. I feel like she, I kind of trust that she's trying to find a little yeah. bit. Of, she used to work at the New York Times and then kind of just became more independent. And anyway, yeah. well, uh, there's a guy named Huberman. Huberman Lab. Mm. He is a uh, he's a professor at Stanford University, and he's uh, it's more kind of health science, uh, neurology, mm. like the brain and and health, and uh, um, you know, a couple health things. You know, some that I probably wouldn't mention. There's probably a comedian or two that. I don't hear a lot, but I have, and some of it, it can get pretty crass. So I probably won't say, yeah, go check. <laughs> I understand. Once in a while, I'll indulge in like, oh yeah, I've heard of this comedian. And it's like, oh wow, never mind. Uh, <laughs> actually, there's, there's a guy really like hardcore history. Oh yeah. Dan, Dan Carter. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I find, uh, that's really good. And, um, so yeah, those those are four or five. Michael Hyatt is like yeah. a good sort of more business, but from a believer standpoint, he um I find that I find him to be yeah, I'm I'm kind of scrolling through some yeah. here. A lot of them I probably need to All right. The, the this is yeah, the age yeah. of the point. Oh, you know who else is good is the Carrie Newhoff. Oh yeah, that's a great Leadership. one. Yeah. He, um and another health guy, Evan Brand. But yeah, and kind of interesting. Uh, Evan Brand, yeah, yep. Yeah. So terrific. Uh, sorry, one last. The oh, no, go ahead. Yeah, the, the minimalist. minimalist. You ever heard of them? Uh, I don't know if I have. I'll have to look that these up. I'm actually making notes as you're saying them because some yeah. of them I listen to and some of them are new to me. So, and, and I'll, yeah. I'll, and I'll say typology, typology, Ian Crone. Oh, okay, yeah, Ian's great. Enneagram. So that's all. That's all for now. Excellent, excellent choices, and I'll I'll just say one of my favorites too. It looks like we have eight minutes and forty five seconds till okay. I have to leave, so I'll, okay. I'll have to hurry here. But one I'm really enjoying is uh, is the Ann campaign with uh, with Justin Gibney is one of the hosts, and um, they're they're a, a a podcast of Christians who are they look at politics, but they look at it from Jesus first and politics second. And how do you spell um, Ann? The and campaign, A and D, and oh, uh, it's, it's okay. yeah, it's really good, really good. They they even start the show. They say we we're not Republicans, we're not Democrats. We're first, we're Christians, and and we approach all things. And they it's it's a little like Barry Weiss, but much more in the Christian vein of things, you okay, know, where yeah. they try to approach. So that's one of mine. But these are these are great recommendations. So maybe our listeners will find some new things to listen to as well. All right, here's the last question. And if I have a chance, I'll do a bonus question, but we'll see how time goes, okay? (laughs) Um, So this one is, I know that this is me. I think most guitarists do this. When you're at home or when you've just tuned up a guitar, anywhere you are, you have a chance, you're by yourself, or it doesn't even have to be by yourself, but you have a chance just to pick up a guitar, so often we have that same riff or same chord or, you know, what is your go-to when you pick up a guitar and you're by yourself? 
um, for, for me, just as an example, I have this little run in the key of E that I kind of like to do after I tune up and it's like, yeah, all right. It's in tune. It's good. And you nice. know, it's just kind of nice. one of the, and it's amazing uh, how many times I just, without thinking, will go to that particular lick. I'm wondering if you have something like that, that is in generally something that you just kind of by instinct go to. That is interesting. Very interesting question. Um, it would probably be a handful, but, um, mm-hmm. Over the years, I've always been inspired by James Taylor's mm. finger picking, like just his melodic finger picking. Yeah. How it's such a unique. Some of his chord voicings are always so unique and colorful, um, and and uh, yeah. So one is "Never Die Young" that comes mm. to mind. I would say, at least in the last year, it's got a nice opening. Like just beautiful uh, melody on top with bass bass notes, almost classical, but it's not. Yeah. But in terms of where you've got a melody and you've got a bass thing going at the same time, so nice. the, the opening, yeah, never die young. Of course, then then sometimes I'll go down that track and just even you know old fire and rain and mm-hmm. and. Uh, he has a few that uh, I can't remember the names, but just the they are little guitar interludes from various albums. Mm-hmm. That all that those are almost warm ups for me, just to yeah. kind of get my fingers and uh, yeah, colorful shapes and and get my right hand moving too, the finger picking wise, you know. That's terrific. No, that's great. I've I've thought about that a lot over the years. It seems like a lot of us, we have like one or two or three things that we just kind of by instinct go to. And I always find it fascinating, you know, to, which ones we go to. But I will say, yeah, that's all acoustic. Now, if I walk over and I pick up my electric guitar, the first thing I'll do is usually like an A, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then typically like a blues riff, like yeah. there you go. Pentatonic blues thing. Yeah. That's no doubt when I pick up an electric, that's the first thing is like, you know, some kind of pentatonic and yeah. 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 You're right. Cause when I pick up an electric, I always think it's fun. I instinctively, I go to Jesus freak by DC tug. (laughs) (laughs) So it's fun. And I'm not even the hugest DC talk fan. I couldn't even sing one of their songs all the way through probably, but I love that riff. riff. Yeah. Yeah, It's classic. All right. Well, these have been great. I think I'm going to skip the bonus question because I ha- I forgot I was going to tell you something that I, I just I really wanted to tell you. We have a young man on our worship team who plays bass guitar for us. He's incredibly talented. He's about uh, 15 years old, I think, right now. His name's Tyler. And um he just is an amazing musician. I mean, he plays trombone and marching band, but when he plays with his band, he does Metallica and sings. When he's at church, he plays bass, and uh, he has played a ton of stuff with us over the years. He plays piano, just all of it. Just loves music, which I, I love to see. And he tells me numerous times, again and again, of all the stuff that we play, of all the stuff that he plays, he says his favorite song is Hosanna. And uh, praise is rising, Hosanna. He's always asking me, when are we going to do Hosanna again? That's my favorite song. <laughs> so, yeah. So for whatever reason, I I, I didn't, I thought, I've got to tell Paul that when he's here. I need to not forget. And I almost did. Uh, but sincerely, like he, he loves that song. And I just think that speaks so highly to 
the way that things that you write, God has been using to to transcend generations. You know, we have, have people my age and older and younger and teenagers who are learning to worship and praise. And uh, and and Tyler's just one of those special kids that's so good. He can play so many things, and yet that's that is the song that he goes. That's the one that resonates most with me wow. when I play. So that's encouraging, that's, yeah, that's encouraging and. That's, yeah, it's encouraging to hear. And, you know, that's where we're in this season of life, right? Where whatever we can do to inspire that next generation, that's yeah. where my head and heart's yeah. heart is at these days. Yeah. Guys like Tyler, the, that next generation, how do we pass on and inspire them and make room for them to mm-hmm. step up and like, come on, lead us. And, Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, Paul, this has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for for taking time today. And it's made my 500th episode celebration just exactly what I wanted it to be. Uh, I'm so glad. I can't think of anybody else I would rather spend today with right now. So thank you for being so generous uh, with your time. Thank you for serving the church and just being who you are. God has made you as he makes all of us unique and special. And he has done that for you and and you have searched him out to find your gifts, your talents. And I'm so proud of the work that you've done. So thank you so much. And thank you for being one of the voices in my head this week. Wow. Well, that is quite an encouragement to my soul. Thank you, Rick. <laughs> the Lord continue to be with you and bless you as as you go pick up your son right now. <laughs> continue to be a dad and a husband and a chaplain Amen. and a songwriter and a minister and a podcaster. Mm. All the things that God's called you to do, every spiritual blessing upon you. Mm. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, friend. Thank you for joining me here this week on Voices in My Head. Music on the intro and outro of this show is from my single, As I Walk These Halls, which can be streamed on any streaming platform, including Spotify. I hope you'll visit me on my website at rickleejames.com where you can find out more about me, get my music on vinyl and CD, schedule me for a concert, a speaking engagement, a podcast, or even a book signing in your neighborhood. Also, it would mean a great deal to me if you could write a review of this podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. The more positive reviews we receive, the more visible this podcast will be. And now, the benediction. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope.